Beckham plays it to Blomquist. Surely it's going to score United's fourth. Great save. Not enough. 4-1 Manchester United. They're rampant. A moment which means an awful lot to Jesper Blomquist. His first goal as a Manchester United player. And look at this run by Blomquist. Finished off in style by Jesper Blomquist. Lovely Manchester United move. Yeah, but I'm just looking at the run from Blomquist. Oh, dear me. Welcome to another United podcast, where currently I'm getting some very strange looks because I'm sat on a plane on my way to Stockholm in Sweden talking into my phone. Yeah, people think I'm odd. That's fine. It's not the first time that's happened. Anywho, the reason I'm doing this is because we are on our way to interview and enjoy the company of Jasper Blomfist, treble winner. Also, pizza place owner. Excited about that. Uh, Maisie and our producer Tasker are in the air somewhere else. We're on separate planes. Everybody's been very delayed. It's all been a nightmare because of uh, Storm Chiara, which I'll be honest with you, pretty windy. Pretty windy. Sure, it'll be fine. Um, so I think this is going to be a really good one because... So Jasper joined United in 1998. His debut season, he won the treble. He started the Champions League final. He got all three medals, which not that many players actually did. But the Champions League final was actually his last game for United because the following two years, he was injured the entire time. He had his own cookery show on MUTV. Um, and he ended up going to Everton and Charlton and back to Sweden. But I guess that was the peak. So I want to talk all about that, find out what it was like. And, of course, the fact that he shared a dressing room with Maisie. And they played against each other before he joined United. Uh, when Gothenburg beat United 3-1 and knocked us out of the Champions League, they both started that game. And the Asper scored against United. So I think this will be a really good one. Um, I'm going to throw over to Maisie and Tasker, who originally scripted, uh, that I should throw over to our drop-dead gorgeous producer. Um, but the integrity of this podcast is far more important to me. And as I've seen him... I'm not going to say it. So I'll leave you with those two now, and we will pick this up with Jesper Blomqvist. Cheers, Sam. So, yeah, Maisie and I are in the air. The pod is now airborne as we're flying to Stockholm. See your old teammate, Jesper Blomqvist. Looking forward to it, yeah. Uh, I think last time I made this journey was a long time ago. It was actually Jesper who ripped me a new one. So really looking forward to catching up with him. Uh, I believe he's got a new piece of place over in Stockholm, so really looking forward to that. But Jesper's a great lad, he really is. He was um, instrumental in the, in the 99 squad and uh, in the final. It's always great catching up with the ex-teammates. Yeah, we should say we are in the air, but uh, Storm Chiara, and I'm pronouncing that right, nearly well, certainly delayed our takeoff at least. And we are in the air, we have made the, the journey, so hopefully landing soon and then we'll, uh, we'll meet with Jesper. Uh, we'll say you spent most of your checking on a game on your phone. Can you tell the listeners about that game? Yeah, chairman manager, I think it is called. Uh, football football, ch- football chairman. Yeah, a lot of your Twitter followers will know about that game because every time you win a trophy, you, uh, well, uh, you tweet just to get the extra bit of cash. Yeah, well, £300,000 of my, my budget is uh, pretty good. But I know that the uh, the manager at, the, at this present time is absolutely having a nightmare. Well, you've sacked two managers and we've only been in the air half an hour. I know, I know. It's it's, um, it's, it's, it's ruthless. It's a quite ironic, really, because he actually requested to play Gothenburg and we got battered 3-0, a bit like we did so many years ago. With so, Jesper, uh, yeah. Bring it back around to Jesper. Yeah, yeah. And it's ironic that we're actually travelling over to Sweden right now. Well, on that then, you played with quite a few Scandinavians in the 90s. Um, we've interviewed a couple of them already. Ollie, uh, we've interviewed Victor. They were both really easy going. Is that kind of the Scandinavians in general? Are they all pretty easy going in the dressing room? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, the mentality that they have is you know, very similar to the, uh, the English. Very hard working, very honest, no language barrier. So, yeah, there's, there's, no, um, there's no problems with the, with the Scandis, the Erdegardis, as, uh, as we all call them. 
So uh, really looking forward to, to seeing Jasper tasting his pieces. Uh, I say easy going. Even Big Pete, Schmeichel, was he as was he, easy going as the rest of the Scandals? Uh, Big Pete's a little bit different, and he's just he's like the Mad Muller in it. So yeah, even Big Pete, you know, he's a, he's a great lad to get on with. Having his back in instructions and criticising you for things that he might have made mistakes. But no, like I said, the other Scandinavians are really, really down to earth. Good lads. Great. Okay. Well, you mentioned Jasper's uh, pizza place, so we'll be heading there later on. We'll meet up with Sam, and uh, the next voice you'll hear, hopefully, will be Sam in the pizza place we saw. So you join us sat in 450 restaurant. Am I pronouncing it correctly? That's correctly. More or less, 450 gradi. A bit Italian. There you go. Come on, eh? Come on, you can wake up. You've got that. Uh, I did it earlier. Okay, the cultured voice you heard there is that was Jesper Blomqvist. The other voice is, of course, David May. No Helen today. We are in Sweden right now. We're in Stockholm in Jesper's restaurant. Correct. Why a pizza restaurant? Well, it was, uh, well, it's a bit of a long story, but, I, but my, my real food interest and food and wine and coffee interest started when I played in, in AC Milan in, in Italy. And I really got got into the food and, and, and realized the, the real passion for food with the Italians, really. And then it just carried on. And when I when I stopped playing, I think it was the, you know, it always makes you know how it is when you stop playing the, the, the you lot you lose that thing, your passion, you, and yeah. you want to find something else that can really replace that. And the only thing I found was was my my love and passion for food. So I, I started to cook on my own at home, you know, trying wines and trying to learn more. And in the end, I really wanted to to find uh, uh, something to to try and work with that as well to to see if it was as fun to do it as I did in the kitchen at home. Nice. And Maisie, I obviously turn up late. Storm Chiara yeah. caused absolute chaos for our travel. You've had a pizza. They're amazing. We've actually had four between us. <laughs> <laughs> they are that good. And I'm not just saying that. You yeah. got your you know your pieces at home. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name every name because. This is a pizza, and I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm not just saying that blowing smoke up yes no. with backside because I'm certainly not. <laughs> they are absolutely amazing, amazing, and it was great to see because obviously we came in probably about quarter past seven. Yeah, and there's Jesper serving the pizzas, serving the drinks, serving the coffees, and you can see that you can actually see the love. Yeah, that he has for this restaurant, even just turning up then, and, and it's it's fantastic. It really is great story. Yeah, are you here every day? Is it? Oh, you just not every day. How no. much uh, no, involvement now, do you have? Now I'm here a little bit less. I, I, I was here quite a lot, but I just it, it's hard. I mean, I'm I'm proud of my my co-owners here who are yeah. working a lot because you know the the, the late late nights or at least the nights and the, and the weekends. It's it's hard work being a restaurant owner. You know, yeah, when sure. it's, it's, the, it's the hours, the strange hours. Yeah. But so I'm, I'm a little bit less now, but still one or two times. And every time I come here, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. Every time I, I really do, and I'm very proud of uh, of what we serve and and the, the way we serve it. So how, how did you and Yanni meet? How did you just come about for this restaurant? Yeah, no, but the first time I, somebody brought me to he. They already opened the restaurant uh, a couple of years before in in a even more remote place. So you've been here two and a half years. Yeah, two yeah. and a half, two years here, and then they had opened for three years. So I was there for two years eating, and it was the for me, it was the, the only pizza I found in Sweden that was that was uh, to your standard, ta- standard <laughs> yeah. Italian standards, yeah. And then we, after two years, we started talking a little bit, and they were interested in moving and and finding something bigger. And I tried to get myself in there because I loved the pizza, and I knew it was the best one in uh, around. Yanni, Yanni, is he telling the truth? <laughs> no, it's always, it's, it's a big 
<laughs> you can't swear on TV. I tried to teach you that. <laughs> That's the only thing I would the biggest lot of Brilliant. You've already mentioned one of your former clubs, AC Milan. That get the, at the moment, the Milan derby is on behind us. You've been sat watching it. Two one. Inter have just scored. It's two Ooh, one. I missed and, that. And uh, the guy that has set up the first goal for AC and scored the second is another Swedish footballer and another former Manchester United player. Does that keep you a bit more interested in AC Milan? Yes, it two, does. 2-2 two now, as we're talking, they've scored two, again. 2-2, no. Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. Desmond. No. Yeah, they've scored two in a couple of minutes. Wow. Oh, that's unlucky. They didn't need that start of the second half. No, but for me, I mean, I, I definitely, Slatan is, is uh, the one to fall. You know where he goes, it will happen stuff, and you see... He, <laughs> 2-2 in the Milan Derby and it was a, was a really great yeah. first half Fantastic. we have to say yeah. okay right we should bring this properly back to football and your career uh, we will also come back to food because older Manchester United fans will know certainly MUTV subscribers will know that for a while you had your own cooking show <laughs> when you were a United player we'll get to that but let's start at the very beginning what was your what are your first memories of football and, and how did your passion for it come about well, I think I was born and raised in a very small village up in the north of Sweden, so it wasn't that much else to do but sports. And in the summer it was football and I had my father was coaching and the whole class was playing together. So it was, but I know from the beginning I, I loved it. But of course in the winter it was hockey yeah. and skiing and tennis. So I, I did seven or eight different sports uh, during my first years as a, as a kid and used and I, I just loved uh, every bit and I hate hated losing even more than the now I think <laughs> we've we've seen a theme haven't we the number of people we've spoken to that had a had an interest in more than one sport were you also very good at, at, at hockey and skiing and stuff like do you think you could have played competitively or at a high level yeah but I think I, I I did actually play hockey until I was 15 and I was on the on the brink of the national team there as well wow. I, I but that was the difference I, I managed to reach the the youth national team in Sweden yeah. in, in football but not in hockey so that were like the the turning point for me where I and I had to choose because it was starting to get uh, quite a lot of training sessions and games even mm -hmm. in the winter with the football and so so at 15 I choose and I haven't really regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you play for as a kid? Was uh, it a local team or? It was the local team. Did you team. play for school as well? No, we don't have the school system. We only have the local, the, yeah, okay. the, but it was basically the, the school yeah, team, yeah. but it was outside school. And I played for my little village up until I was 50. I played with the first team there for division four. It was not the best of, yeah, you know, team, but, but yeah, still, yeah. it was so a really great learning school. You know, you play with all these old, uh, yeah, old guys, old yeah, guys yeah, who yeah. could teach you <laughs> one another tricks yeah. that you don't get from. So for me, I think that was a great, uh, great school to mm -hmm. to play in the first team, even though it wasn't at a high level. No. But then again, when I when I moved on to to play in in higher levels, I already had that physical toughness to. Yeah. I was ready to play the first team football. Mm -hmm. So. For me, it was good. And what were your first steps into first team football like? Did you enjoy being in the changing room? Were you quiet? Did you feel intimidated ever? No, I was very quiet. I was, I think, yeah, I was, I've always been quiet in the dressing room, I think. I don't know what you say, mate. Yeah, yeah. Quiet, did I, yeah. I did. <laughs> no, you came out of your shell eventually. Yeah, we brought it out of you. Yeah. But no, I think, I think whenever you go into any dressing room, you have that six months bedding in period. And yeah, then, not you, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, my first six months I was quiet and then 
<laughs> things got a little bit out of hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've heard some stories. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's uh, it's a respect thing, and you know, whenever you go into a dressing room, there's always that little bit of feel yourself around the dressing room, get to know the players, and then you can open yourself up. Yeah, I think, and for me, it, it, for me, it takes a long time to open. Uh, I'm uh, north of Sweden. We're known for being very quiet right. and not so open. It takes a lot of time for it, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I feel I'm, I'm part of that. Was your, um, was your parents any influence? Your, your, your father or your mother? Or no, not have you, got, have you got any brothers, sisters? Yeah, I have a brother as well, a little uh, younger brother yeah, who, who, who played as well up until the, so he, he was. I think he was a bigger talent than me. Right. But but um, he had a bit of unfortunate. He broke his leg twice and and then he got cancer as well. So he had right, okay. a, a tough. Uh, and then after that he wasn't. But he was a better talent, but maybe not as hard uh, right, okay. working. I was the one who was uh, yeah, the grafter. The grafter. Yeah. And I think in the end that maybe is the thing that that, 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 that brings you to the yeah, to level. the to the to the next level. Yeah. Do you think that, do you think that's it? For, for most players because often I think as fans you look at players that you, sometimes you see a player in the championship in the lower divisions that will really storm it and then in a, in a higher league maybe they don't or you see players move to bigger clubs and they really step up is that mentality over actual physical attributes? I think the mentality is, is uh, more important definitely because and and obviously if you have it too easy for you in the beginning it's yeah. you, you, you don't learn how to how to work hard and that to face the yeah. challenges when it, when it goes against you, exactly, to fight. So if you have it too easy as a kid, I think it could be a, a danger. But of yeah. course, if you, you, you will eventually you will learn. But because if you don't learn, you will never reach the top. Yeah. And it's, it's more man, mental than, than, than physical, definitely. And you two first met on a football pitch, I believe. Did we? Yeah. Amazing. Well, we did, yeah. Well, did you get anywhere near, did you, I like that. Well, did you get anywhere near him? <laughs> I tried. Did you say hello after the game? I was trying to come get near him. <laughs> three, fact, uh, 3-1, wasn't it? 3-1, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Actually, when... when true story. Yeah. When when United actually f eventually signed Jesper, yeah. Phil Neville introduced Jesper to all the players and introduced Jesper to me with his back to me. <laughs> he said, you recognise this kid? I'm f***ing do you? Jesper. That's all I ever saw the back of him. That was it. <laughs> But no, he was yeah. one of those nights. I was, yeah, one of those nights. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Was. I, I must say that was one of my best games in my whole career, actually. Yeah. If I pick a game, it would be that game. So, uh, and we had a, the whole team where we, we were yeah. in a great, uh, uh, great uh, form. And of course, so that was in a Champions League game. You were playing for Gothenburg. Maisie, you were playing for United. Finished 3-1, yeah. you scored. United were out. United were out, yeah. 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 Um, I think we also had the. I think it was the European rule as well. Or that the, was the, the thing. The, you only allowed the foreign three foreign. Only allowed three foreigners. So we was always going to struggle. Yeah, a lot, of good, good, lot of good excuses <laughs> in there. Early. I like that. No, but uh, I remember playing against him, and he was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the way I look at it, yeah, is that we want to win the Champions League. If, if I had played really well against yeah, Jesper, maybe, yeah, it's a very good United, point. United wouldn't have signed him. Yeah, that's oh. very true. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the the weird, the bigger picture. I'll tell you what, yeah. there's a lot we owe you, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's such a spin. He, he was, uh, as Jesper said, he was he was unplayable. He was.
I, I, I had something in my mind, you know, I, I couldn't stop me, nothing. I was just uh, flying. I scored one, I give the assist to one, and I got the penalty. Yeah. For that yeah, game. it's pretty so incredible. That, that was it? a good night, and we won the group on that night as yeah. well. Yeah. Before United and before Barcelona. Yeah, it's so amazing, two, isn't it? We're fighting it out of the sec for the second place. Yeah. I got that as well off the gaffer. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> after that season, was that when you then moved to AC Milan? No, I stayed. I stayed. They wanted. They wanted me, and I know. I yeah. talked to Sir Alex as well. He wanted to sign me, but I didn't feel I was uh, ready yet. I wanted to stay another season yeah. or two. So I, I decided to. How to old play was you then? I was then uh, ninety. That was ninety-four. That was so. twenty. 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 Wow. Was it difficult to say no? Because were you worried maybe these opportunities won't come back or did you were you no, confident I, that they in, would in a strange way I was confident they, that yeah. they would I, 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 it's strange to explain but yeah. I wasn't I, I just it was my my conviction uh, I was convinced that no it will come or if yeah. it doesn't come it's my own fault I want uh, I'm not good enough but I just know I want to stay I want to get some more experience and then I will be hopefully more did you actually ready. speak to the gaffer I'm not sure if I spoke to him at that stage, but I did uh, later on. The next time, it, when it was two years later, yeah. 96, when you when you were at when I was, went to Parma. Yeah, no, I went to AC Milan. Then, yeah, then yeah. I was speaking to to United. I was uh, Kevin Keegan right. called from Newcastle. Barcelona came to to Gothenburg to talk. I talked to them wow. as well. So I mean, I, I could have basically yeah. picked anyone. And but my dream had always been that we, I know. It's, but it was AC Milan because they were the best team in Europe and I even wrote an essay when I was 15 to say I want to play <laughs> at AC Milan and have uh, Capello as a coach Wow! so that was when I was playing in the third division I wrote this essay and then like six years later it actually came through that's unbelievable that's yeah. that's uh, that's crazy but that's you see what that's a great story what yeah, your yeah. dreams can, can yeah. do when you when you when you believe your in your mind yeah, yeah. That's really incredible. I still have that essay at home. Oh, so do you I know what? I was just going to ask you to still have it. Yeah, I still have it. I know. I, it, you, obviously, not the whole the whole essay is not. Yeah. The, but but I, I finished the text something like, "Sorry, I can't join your your uh, class party because I need to play the derby in Milan, AC Milan against Inter, and the Capella will be very angry if I don't <laughs> come." That's something like that. The yeah. way I end the end the essay. And wow. So there you go. So how did it feel when, when that materialized and you joined no, but that was a dream come true. And, and yeah. even when it was time for me to, to sign for a, to, to, to become professional, leave Sweden, I didn't have an agent, but I, I and it came a lot of agents to speak to, but I told everybody, if you come with uh, the contract of AC Milan, I will sign for them and I will sign for you. And eventually a Swedish guy came with the AC Milan contract and I signed for him and for AC Milan. And it was a dream come true, obviously. What sort of players were in that squad? I mean, no. we, had, we had a little conversation earlier Yeah, on, but, but yeah, you, you had the, the back four with uh, Maldini, Costa Curta, Baresi and Tassotti. That was the famous back four. And then you had Via, Baggio, uh, Savicevic, Boban, Albertini, Desai. Uh, and then they signed a few more, Leonardo, David, Reitziger, Kluivert. I mean, it, it was a... That is incredible. It was crazy. a crazy, yeah. Yeah. crazy, crazy. team. Unfortunately, when I joined, it was the they had the worst season in like ten years. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it was my fault. I don't know. <laughs> I very much doubt that. Yeah, uh, was was your time there 
did you because I, I know you maybe you were frustrated with the amount of playing time you got because you only said two years right yeah only one actually at oh, it was Milan. only one but okay. I, I, I can't complain about the playing time because I was playing more or less every game that first six months I was there so I got but the problem was the team wasn't winning and you know when the team is not winning yeah. especially in a club like that or United you know people are always going to be at your back and mm -hmm. you're going to feel the pressure and for me 22 years old I wasn't I wasn't ready for that and it was a if I look back now it was a too big step for me yeah. I, I should have taken some smaller club maybe I thought I was ready but of course, I wasn't ready yeah. to play with Maldini and Baresi. I mean, I would have needed two years there just to settle in. And I would have had that maybe if they wouldn't be struggling. But mm -hmm. he threw Saki, who was the coach, deep, he yeah. just threw me because he liked what he saw, apparently, because I was working my balls yeah, off every yeah. training. So he wanted wanted me to, to, to play. But uh, my confidence just dropped more and more. Was it your choice to leave when you went? Or was the, the club told you to go? It was... a. A, a bit of a, a bit of a mixer. At the beginning, they, they said, "No, Jesper, you're no Capello." Who said that we we had some arguments? Uh, Capello, to, oh, you're the fifth choice on my left midfield, so you you have no place here. And I was like, "Oh, okay, I have to." After two weeks, you know, it was my dream club mm -hmm. at that stage, and I I have to accept it and leave. But when I decided to go to Parma and already signed the contract. He comes back to me and says, yes, but you can't, you're not allowed to leave because you're my second choice on left midfield <laughs> two weeks later. And I was like, sorry, but I can't have it. I, I need to have a, yeah, co yeah. a coach, a manager who believes in me. Yeah. So I said, sorry, I'm leaving for Parma. <laughs> and I, I knew I've, I've already signed a pre-contract with the, with the club and, and Milan and Parma already agreed. So right. they, couldn't, they couldn't turn on that, yeah. that deal. So. But then Capello obviously got really, really angry and said, you know, I'm the one deciding here, you're not leaving. And I was, I'm sorry, but I'm leaving. And after that, we haven't really... Well, he shouldn't have told you it was your fifth choice. Imagine no. that. Doesn't make no. any choice, sense. Yeah. yeah, of course I want to leave then. And, yeah, and, of course, when, yeah. and, when, you, and when you hear that, you, you yeah. know, so I, I decided there again, even it was against my, my heart at that yeah. point, yeah. obviously, because I... I was, uh, it was my dream. Yeah. And was you living in Milan on your own? Yeah, I was no living there. No girlfriend, mostly parents. No, parents, no, parents, no. No, but nobody went out over no. there with you. But that was also a tough thing. Come to, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, coming to... No, because uh, you, you didn't learn the language. I didn't speak the language. Yeah. I was taking lessons and obviously I picked it up a couple of months late. But, you know, sitting there in the apartment uh, and yeah. on, uh, in the end you don't even bother, you know, sitting at the airport with the team, but... You're just waiting, but you don't even bother to ask what we're waiting yeah. for because it was lost. Even though, you know, they tried to explain and speak English. There, was, there were a few of yeah, them yeah. who were really helpful, of course, but it's hard when you don't speak the language. Yeah. It's yeah. so hard. So then you did go to Parma. Yes. And this is where I got confused earlier, because I read when you had the, when you decided to go to Parma, that you, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I read, yeah. that you had the option to join United then, but that you were put off because of how things had gone with Milan, that you didn't want to go to another big club. I don't know if that's yeah, true or maybe. not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe. I don't remember it so well myself, but I know. But I, I, the, the thing is, I, I just came to Italy, and that was at this at that point, Italy was the still the biggest yeah, and the best country this area was the biggest uh, yeah, football uh, league. Yeah, yeah football yeah. league. Yeah. And I wanted to to stay, and I obviously lo I, I love the the country, so I wanted to 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 stay and give it one more one more go. Really, I think that's very reasonable. And uh, what how did you enjoy your time in Parma? I did enjoy that much. I I, I came out better straight away. I had Ancelotti as a coach. He was 
more you know looked a little bit on the on the people behind the player as well not only the yeah. not only the player performing the best but also he could invite you out for a pizza two days before the game with all the with your with girlfriends and wives and and you have a laugh and talking about other stuff than football you know, yeah. just to get the team yeah, team, team together and yeah. that was fantastic for me that was uh, was a better uh, how shall I no, no, say, better I ambience yeah, yeah, for me yeah. so it, it felt better and I started to to get my confidence back again what was what was life like for you in Italy did you enjoy being in Italy I, I started enjoying it in Parma Parma was a much smaller city I'm from a small city myself it was much easier and, and the team was closer together it was easier to get to know the the players and the and the you know the, the people at the club at, at Parma it's smaller club smaller city you could go out to have a lunch afterwards it was easier mm. and I, I felt straight away I I, I had more ah, it was better for me so how was it that Sir Alex finally got his man and convinced you to join Manchester United yeah, uh, it was. I, I think uh, the, the thing was Ancelotti got fired and they got a new coach. And, and again, I wasn't sure really if he wanted me. This was during the summer break. And then uh, Sir Alex came in again for me. And th th that I think is one of his strengths. When, when he, he doesn't just pick a player and then he, sh he, he was after me for four years. And then I felt, you know, he wasn't just looking for a left midfielder. He wanted me. Yeah. And I felt really strongly that even though I know the, I knew the competition from Gigsy would be really tough, obviously, but I still knew that he had been looking for me for four years. Mm -hmm. So I knew that he yeah. wanted me, not yeah. just any yeah, left yeah. footer. And, and that made, uh, even though it was, I, I admit it was hard to leave Italy for me, but yeah, but in the end, uh, the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> I'm going to upset you now. Inter Milan have just taken the lead. No. And about 10 minutes ago, they had someone sent off, so they're down to 10 men as well. Chant. Yeah. That's crazy. So, just thought well, I'd let you know. Yeah, thank you very much. We're in the podcast. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a wrap then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clear up. Um, <laughs> do you regret not joining the club earlier, given that the opportunities were there? Uh, in, no, not really. Not the way it turned out. Now, when everything turned out, I came. The, the treble season yeah. was my yeah. first season, and for me, I think even though it was tough years in Italy, it it made me a different person. And I ha I have to say, I know this sounds strength strength uh, strange strange. I can't speak anymore. <laughs> but Macy, you can maybe maybe explain a bit more. But for me, coming signing from Manchester, having the experience and the background from from Italy it made me a little bit more valid player coming yeah, yeah, to Manchester yeah, yeah. So now people weren't asking how do you do in in Sweden they were actually asking me how do you do in Italy yeah. even though I only been there tw two years but I had a more credibility yeah. if you can call yeah, it yeah, that yeah, from absolutely. from the people around at, yeah. at, at the club well, I've started you from 94 tearing the back out of me but yeah. um, <laughs> but then to go and play for Milan Parma You've done your. You've done. I mean, yeah. it's no, strange, but it's the way it works in yeah. football. Yeah. You've got you've got a, a, a pedigree experience. Yeah. And, and, just to join. Yeah, and that was uh, that was important for me, I think. And uh, particularly, I think particularly coming from playing for Milan, because Milan and United are two huge teams, yeah. and yeah. you can understand the pressures, yeah. being in that team, having to win week in week out. And having been there, rather than coming straight from Sweden, where yeah. you know, there's no pressure on you really to, to win every game, you're there and you play. And if you win, you win. If you don't, 
Yeah. Is but that is Milan, that an, is that accurate? Is that an accurate reflection of way, Swedish football? In a way, it is because the Swedish way is always to you. You say, well, we're not going to win. We obviously want to win, and we believe we can win every game. But we, to the to the outside, we say to the newspaper, no, we're not going to win. They're better. But we know, and we charge ourselves up just by saying that. Mm-hmm. But. It was the complete uh, opposite at Manchester. You had yeah. to say that you're going to win every game. And that was also hard for me to... Mm-hmm. to but, but having played for Milan yeah. it, under it, that impression of yeah. you know, the team you played in. Yeah. You know, you're absolute superstars. Then you come to United, similar superstar. I mean, those players that you mentioned there, well, they are like yeah. superstars. But you come to United, you settle in, everybody... Yeah. I think whenever a, a new player comes in, it's so important that the lads in the dressing room when you do walk in are open armed and you know welcome you to welcome you on board I did with Brucey and Pally who were fantastic with me and I think it's so important that you're not alienated no. you know you can you can step in and you you're straight on the money you think right yeah Jesper's come to help us win the league win yeah. the FA Cup win the European Cup whatever it is yeah, instead of looking at as competition yeah. or... Of course it's going to be competition as well. But, but, but it's a good competition. Good com- and yeah. to see that Selfie. the benefits for the, for the team. Yeah, and for, exactly, yeah. But it's hard. Hard yeah. to create that uh, atmosphere. But I think that was one of the, the main things that yeah. we have that year. The, the I think it's always easy when you've got Scandinavians coming in. Henning, Ronnie, yeah. Oli was there. Yeah. You know, Jesper was there. It's, and yeah. the mentality is very, very similar to, to the English mentality. Is, you know, you fight and you... You do everything you can to win, to win, you know, to win every game. Yeah, definitely. So, what are your first uh, memories and impressions of meeting Sir Alex Ferguson and, and joining Manchester United? Who? I, I mean, I uh, I remember the first time pe- when he picked me up at the airport as well, and and we had the first chat about uh, how we looked at Manchester at, at uh, the team and my role as well. Because obviously, I was still a little bit worried about the gigs situation yeah. and how are we gonna how are we gonna do this? And because I didn't want to come just to sit on the on the bench. No, sure. That was so we talked talked a lot about that and and all the the answers that I I got was satisfying. And after that. It was, but the problem for me when I when I arrived, I was still injured. I had got an injury during the end of the last, so I was. St- and you know how hard it is, yeah, especially terrible. when you come yeah. to a new club and yeah. you and you you're not able to train straight away. You just want to give it. You go yeah. and you and you. If you're not training with with the team, you're not really a part, part of the of it. team. It no. take, and it's so frustrating. Yeah. And that was. Uh, it took me a couple of weeks to to just get ready to train, and mm-hmm. that was that's hard. That's hard. Yeah, so when you joined United. You may or may not be aware of this. You created a cultural change across playgrounds and school children in Sunday league football because you used to pull your sleeves down over your hands. Was that just because you were cold or was it a, was it a stylistic choice? No, but that was a stylistic choice. No, but I, I, I had that from my, my childhood. I think it was one in my, in my village team who in the first team then when I was looking who did that. And I started doing that and also the, the, the shirts were too big. So <laughs> I, I, kept, I, I kept, on, kept on doing it and it became my thing. And then I, when I realized Dennis Law did that as well, I, is that correct? He, I've, I mean, yeah. I've seen yeah. pictures of him doing it. Yeah, yeah, doing that as well. And then, of course, it felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stop now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, it was a bit, but no, I've done it from the, from the early childhood, really. So what do you remember about your first games in the Premier League? And did it seem different to, to playing in Syria? It was definitely different. I mean, the, the, the tempo and the, the feel of the game, Italy is so much more... It, back then at least it yeah. was much more tactical and 
and slow, but also, of course, more difficult maybe because it was tighter spaces. But in England, people shared you on if you just made a great slide tackle, people were like standing, <laughs> giving you ovations. That would never happen in Italy, you know. And, and, and the, the atmosphere, the, as long as you were working hard yeah. and running, people were appreciate what you were doing. And that was the big, a, a big difference. And, but the tempo of the game, I mean, it, it was also big, big uh, difference, really. Which, which did you prefer? Which thing suited you best as a player? No, but I love the tempo. I love the high tempo, high intensity. I, I prefer. I, I love that both to watch and to play. Yeah. For yeah. me, it's all about that uh, up and down, up and down all the time. It's fantastic. Aside from obviously those final few games of the season, like the Champions League final and uh, the FA Cup semi-final. What are the, the games that stand out for you and you remember as... Because, I mean, your goal was against Everton, right? Yeah. But you had great games against Southampton and... Yeah, I had a few, but that's what we talked about before. Me, my memory during a hard, I'm so hard to remember my own games and how it went, how I played. I almost have to watch them on, on <laughs> telly to... To, to really remember them. But I, I remember reading once, what's the Opta stats we yeah, had? Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was on top of that uh, <laughs> after one month with also the assists and the goals and everything, a top, uh, best in the Premier League. Of, and that was, I think, January or something. Yeah. And that, that I, I think it was the same as Southampton. It was a few of those games. And I was really starting to, I, I still wasn't on playing my best, but I was starting to, to get there. And I was thinking, wow, now I can really really do yeah. well here but then there were always some small niggling injury came back to to haunt me as so i never really yeah. that first season reached uh, the real peak either just very quickly but we'll come back to this but so some players i think we speak to uh, know every moment of their career and they're they, they know all the stats and they're interested in the stats but like we spoke to paul skulls a few weeks ago and it was almost like he hadn't had his career he couldn't remember anything uh, um, and you, you strike me as being quite similar yeah is that because you've moved on from football now and you're doing no. other things of interest? Or is it just because when you no. played, you were just playing and you enjoyed it yeah. and you just, that was it? That, I think that that's the, the, the second thing. The, I was playing it, I was enjoying it, and I was just in the football all the time, yeah. never thinking about any, never thinking, just being in the, that, uh, that peak of, uh, and that just in the moment all the time so it's so it's fr now it's frustrating and that's why i love meeting up with the, yeah. the old teammates and you sit and can hear them uh, you sit and listen i can't <laughs> can't join the conversation <laughs> but you sit and listen and hear all those stories about it's, games yeah, what mad. happened before after, and it's amazing for me too i love it yeah because basically you i think you remember everything you love doing your games yeah but i think there's certain things in certain games that you remember but I wouldn't know the results against Southampton at home or Middlesbrough at home. Or, and I'm thinking, I watch MUTV now and I look. Oh, I played that game. Played that, I remember that game. But then you watch the game and I think, I can't remember doing that in a game. Because as, as probably as Jesper said, you know, you, you just play the game and you go to the yeah. next game. And, yeah. But it is, it is great when you, when you reminisce and you think, oh, wow, yeah, I remember that now. So when good. you get those, those yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. probably was yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. We are 50 uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned injuries and obviously they were a huge part of your career and ultimately your final game for United was at the end of your debut season in the Champions League final. Yeah. We'll get back to that season but just because you, you mentioned them how different do you think your career would have been and is it difficult to sit and think about what might have been? It's... 
it, it is still difficult. Not yeah. as hard. I mean, I obviously we are old now and we've had our career. I'm still happy. But now I can I can at least appreciate what I accomplished during my shorter career. But of course, you can sometimes you can sit back and think, oh, I wonder what I have. I was 24. You know, I had I had this passion for it. I could have played until I was 36 because I I think as long as you have the passion yeah. for the game, you can you will never you will just get better and better because you learn more, you get mm -hmm. more experience. As long as you have the passion and. So I could have played, and I, and I felt that United in my first season, I maybe played 75, 80% of my capacity. I had so much more to to offer. And that's, of course, frustrating when you when you look back at it. But on the other hand, you know, I, I, I had my fair share of, uh, of good things too of it, but it's frustrating, yes. Well, th I mean, this, this you might enjoy. Maisie and I were chatting the other day, and we worked out, we think, the number of players that actually got all three medals during the 99 season, oh. of which you are one. Yeah. But how many of your teammates do you reckon have all three? Oh, wow. I thought all had all three. No? We say, we say all three that you had to play. Yeah, you had to play a certain. Well, you had to play so many games in the Premier League. You had to play the FA Cup final yeah, the to final. get the medal, and then also Champions League. Oh, wow. No idea. No, but I would guess 15. It's less. It's less. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't know what the rules are for Raymond as, no. a, as a second as choice a, goalkeeper yeah, yeah, in the yeah. Premier League. But we think, when we did, we was 10 outfield players. Yeah. We think we got wow. 10. Out of the squad. Yeah. Because yeah. Keeney and Butty, well, Butty missed an FA Cup final. Uh, mm -hmm. um, obviously, because he had to, because Keeney and Scholes he played in yeah. the FA Cup. Yeah. So the gaffer had to rest him. So he, he's, he hasn't got one of those. Yeah. Uh, um, I didn't get a Premier League medal because I didn't play enough enough, game. enough games and just little things like that and you think yeah. Yeah. wow yeah. yeah wow that I never this Ke is so I never even thought about this yeah. I thought yeah, it's everybody a, you, that's make like, like Keenan, feels even more it's quite it's very, like it's yeah, 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 yeah. 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 very Keenan and Scholes missed the final yeah. in the European Cup yeah so much as all yeah you know if you're only giving medals out in a final yeah but do they, they got the medal. Yeah, But in the FA Cup, they yeah. only give it for the... You, you, yeah, you have to be in the squad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. like Wes Brown was in the Champions League. He was on the bench in the Champions League final, yeah. but he wasn't in the FA Cup final. Uh, no. Or if he was, I, I can't remember. Maybe he didn't play enough. He played enough games in the league, but I don't think he, played, I don't think he was in the FA yeah. Cup final. Oh, and, there's a few, and there were players that were rested in the FA Cup because for the Champions League final and so on. So there's... Yeah, there's not many. No. Um, one. Yeah. Oh. Speaking about that triumph, though, in the semi-final against Juventus, I'm going to bring up some rumours now. <laughs> so you passed the ball to Roy Keane. He then uh, got booked. It's just a rumour. I'm, I'm going to find out now. And he blamed you, I think, for the pass. And then I heard he didn't talk to you for a few weeks afterwards. Yeah, I don't know, but but he was of course really upset and angry. And I think can you talk straight? What happened? No, but it was on the on the center circle. center circle, and I just gave I think, a, to be fair, a good pass. Yeah. Uh, just it was a short pass as well. He mistouched it a little bit. Sidan got the ball, and it was about to be a counter attack, but it still wasn't a real danger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But somehow he felt he had to kick him, <laughs> kick, him, him <laughs> kick him down, <laughs> and he got this yellow and yeah. was uh, suspended for the for the, the final. final. And uh, 
yeah, he got really upset with me, but uh, and I can understand that, of course, missing the final. But I don't, still don't feel that was your fault. That no, it was no. a, such a bad. Uh, no. I think I have to watch it again yeah, on I, YouTube. I now. haven't Can watched it. Can we Google it that later? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We do that. We do I think, that. Later. I think uh, Tasker's our producer is going to bring it up now. I haven't watched it back. No. Sit for 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 no. this. But if memory serves, his touch is heavy, yeah. and it does just it his first it. touch just come it comes out of his feet too much. A little bit but this, too much. But that's just no. memory from from, from having. Yeah, but I, I, I can't take the credit. What we he, he actually. <laughs> Played one of his best games. Yeah, it was ever unbelievable after it? that booking. Yeah, and I think that shows his character as well yeah. as a as a player and as a captain. You know, yeah. even he know, he knew he was going to miss the final, but he was damn sure going to make, make sure see to, that we that we're going to reach the final. And that that I think is a sign of a great great player for 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 the team as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Spawn. Let's see. I don't know if I could watch that now. Imagine if I give him a really bad ball. <laughs> <laughs> Knee high. This is it. This is Blomqvist. Everything's to his right here. Keen with uh, Beckham beyond him. It wasn't the best of passes from Blomqvist. Keen brought him down. Now what's the referee going to do? It's a yellow card. And whatever else happens here, whatever happens, whatever the impact that Roy Keane's goal made on the night, he will not play in the Champions League final this season. What do we think watching it back, Messi? Yeah, Keane's got to do better than that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's not that bad. It, no. It's not the best, of course. I could have maybe played somebody else, but... Yeah, but at the time, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. We'll go to VAR, we'll bring it back again. At first, when I saw it, I thought, oh, it's going quite gently towards him. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it gets yeah, there, no. and then he lets it run, doesn't he? He sort of puts a foot on it and lets it go. Yeah, he just, either it goes under his foot or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. That's just a poor touch off Keane. Let's see how uh, he... Yeah, then he gets... Uh, this is him shouting at you there. Yeah. Is it scary to have Roy Keane shout at you? Is, do you remember yeah. that? They'll carry yeah. on there, look at him. Yeah. Oh, oh, but he doesn't even tackle him. No, really? No. He doesn't no. even he tackle him. He makes a meal of it, Zidane. Yeah, he makes, he he makes more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do, oh, do you remember him shouting hurts. at you? Yeah, I do. I do. Oh, that still hurts. To be fair, just shout at anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anybody. So, Anyth yeah. Anybody for a bad pass. Yeah. Even though that wasn't a bad pass. But it was always the case that obviously Keane is miscontrolled it and he's blamed. Yeah. Blame, yeah. He'll always blame somebody. Well, Jesper's reaction to being shouted at was it still hurts in my heart. Uh, and you yeah. went, oh, a little shout at someone. I can't imagine you caring at all if you shouted at you. <laughs> no, because you just shout back. It's, it's nothing. That took me like a year to, to realize and understand how it worked because it's so opposite to the, the Swedish way yeah, of doing, yeah. you know, trying to, to help each other and be positive. Yeah. But, but it took me a year to understand that. But after that, I started to realize yeah, actually, yeah. You know, but also doing it for the best of the of team course, yeah, in the end to help absolutely. the team. Yeah. But for me in the beginning was like, why, why all this <laughs> shouting? It just it <laughs> destroys you. But then you understand if you can handle that, all that yeah. shouting and reacting the right way, you're going to be a better player and a better team. Yeah, did, it feel like, did, did it feel like it stripped your confidence? In the beginning, yes. As you know, when you're not used to people shouting at you in that, in that way, of course, it was uh, tough in the beginning. But uh, when you start to realize it's for it's the benefit, for of, the the benefit yeah, of the yeah. team. Yeah. And I imagine there was a lot of shouters in that team. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. absolutely. Also, while, whilst it's still happening, Ibrahimovic has just hit the post. <sighs> Header at the back sticks, oh. jumped up, put uh, it straight into the post. Imagine if he scored that 3-3 that three, three goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, let's get back to the team. So we've talked about um, how Sir Alex spoke to you about Ryan Giggs. 
was there or there was there a plan? What was it he said that could convince you? Because also, I guess you could have played on the right, and David Beckham sometimes played in the middle. Yeah, actually, that was one of. Well, actually, Giggs on the I don't have a right foot. Giggs has a little bit more of <laughs> a right foot than me. So no, but it was that, or or maybe him up front or me up front. And and actually, when I when I look at the highlights from that season, there is quite a few goals when when I pass cross it for Giggs to to score, or especially me not scoring that much. So yeah. <laughs> so no, but it was a few goals like that. So the, that ob- obviously was. Um, happening as well yeah. during the season I've also heard you got a bit frustrated towards the end of the season because I think maybe you'd have a couple of injuries but because of the suspensions to Skulls and Keane that the manager didn't want you to go out and get hurt or get injured because he needed you to play in the Champions League final and you knew maybe three weeks before the Champions League final that you would yeah. start and yeah. so your build up to it wasn't what you wanted because you didn't get to play a lot of football no that was and and you know you prefer as a football you prefer to play the games not just uh, and it was almost too many weeks too many days to to think just about one yeah, game yeah. and especially when it's such a huge game yeah. as well it's you you want to treat it like a normal game but it's it's not no and it's so much things that happened around we flew down with the concord, concord yeah. Yeah. it was so many things happening and it all made it bigger and bigger mm. and it's it actually, I, I normally didn't have problem before the game sleeping, or but before the Champions League final, I definitely had problems sleeping. Yeah. Who's your roommate with then? Oh, I th- I think it was Raymond. Normally it was Raymond most Raymond. of the mo- most of the season. Yeah. I'm surprised I had trouble sleeping then. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, oh no. yeah, Raymond. There you go. No, the kaki just scored for the series in the final game, and there you go. I reckon they've won that one. Yeah. Now they won it. Yeah. Yeah. Are they still your team now? They are in Italy. They are. I'm not. I can't say that I follow the Italian league that much. I. I I don't. Do you follow the Premier League now? Yeah, I do. Somebody asked me the other day when I mentioned I played in. Like, do you follow all the teams that you play? I said I would. I would only watch football if I follow all the teams. No, the only team now at the moment is United, and I that I that I follow. And it's 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 a good feeling. And I'm I'm not just saying this because no. we're sitting, but I've been doing some work for the for the club. You know, the sponsor. We're playing played a, quite a few legend games, yeah. and and for the first time in my life, I really feel like a, like a supporter with the the goods and the bads. With yeah. that, you know the. Still loving the team, even though it's really tough, and 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 keep believing and showing that you're a Man United supporter, even though all the other. And it feels good. Yeah. I never I never supported a team before in my whole life because I've just been playing for the for for the for for my love of football. And when I changed club, I I did it because I felt too, too ready for a new challenge. I never really been attached to 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 a club even like as that. a kid growing up in no, Sweden. No, no, nothing. I, I just love, I had passion for football, but now for the first time, and that's, that's also, that's great. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. So let's talk about the Champions League final. Mm. How did you prepare for that game when it came to the morning? So you wake up, you're playing at 7.45, 8.45, I guess, 9.45, yeah. whatever late it would have been in, in Barcelona. No, it's, a long, it's a long day when, yeah. you, when you try to prepare. I know I had, I had all these preparations two to three hours before the game to start listening to, to music, preferably Swedish uh, music. Nice bass. Yeah, so bass. Abba. Abba. <laughs> You're it, mate. 
<laughs> no, but that was my my trying. But I know this this game was. Uh, I was struggling to to f- fight away the negative thoughts about you know yeah. what, what could happen if I fail if I don't play. Normally, it was just coming all those just play. happy. And do, you think, do, you think, do you think that came because you hadn't played the two or three weeks before? A little bit because of that, because I wasn't sure about my own form. form then, yeah. Yeah, going into because it. You, you want to feel that you're secure of yeah. your own form. I've been playing playing well in the last couple of games, but since I haven't played for three weeks, I wasn't really. You you, you train hard, but it's not. It's not never going it. to be no. the same. And it's in the games that you gain your confidence, really, yeah. to 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 get the stronger, better mm-hmm. confidence. So I wasn't really. I was a little bit unsure, and like I said, normally I wasn't nervous before games, but uh, definitely before this one. And, and nor- nervous is good, but not too much. And this yeah. was, you know, on the limit of uh, of too much. Did you did you go for a nap? Did you go for a walk? Because it's a long afternoon. Yeah, I don't remember much, but I know I always <laughs> tried to sleep yeah, and nice. take a nap before as well to 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 get. We did rest. go for a walk as a, as a team. As a team, yeah. I know that we went down the, the promenade, the beach, wherever Sitches was who was staying. And yeah. then it's then it's a case of like just get back to your hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. Have something to eat, have your afternoon nap, then we have the team meeting, back to your room, get changed, and then you're off then to the stadium. Yeah. What was the what was the dressing room like? In those in those moments before you know you've won true trophies, you're right on the edge of history. But that was nothing, nothing that yeah, you th- thought about. No. You don't think you you only think about nothing. No, no thoughts like that. The only thing you think about is is this game and how you're going to play and and what's going to be important. And and that's the only thing that matters. And if you start thinking about anything else, you you lost the game already. Yeah, it's a really good job. I wasn't a professional footballer. Yeah, you start <laughs> thinking about history. Yeah. It would have been a disaster. <laughs> um, so when they when the game started, did all your your nerves about it? sort of disappear because the game was going and so you could finally focus on it a little bit but not completely i i i know my, i didn't have my my best game in that I, and i i know it was a little bit too much still tension you try to run it off you try to get in a yeah. few tackles and and ho- and, and it, it it gets better especially when they score you start to you know loosen up even yeah. more because there no, there is no holding back then when they winning yeah. 1-0 and they were act- actually so much better than yeah, us uh, yeah. so it, it was just trying to release all the handbrakes you had and just uh, yeah. just run Get back in the game yeah. and that's the good thing about football if you're if you're having a bit of a bad game you can always run more and and try to yeah. tackle more of course you need your confidence but uh, but you can always work hard you also very nearly scored yeah i think i had the best chance for for us during the 90 minutes really and I should have done better in that chance I should have done better why 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 do you think that is why, why do you think it didn't go in I'm, I'm not sure why I didn't really catch it I, I was throwing myself I, I mess miss miss uh, read it a little bit across from from Bex I think it was and uh, throw myself in instead of taking you know being there and just uh, placing it there mm. I can't remember I can't remember the chance no, it's a great, it's a great opportunity. Almost inside the six-yard box. Yeah, six-yard box and on the volley. Jesus, uh, no, it's a, it's the best chance. And a couple of minutes later, I get subbed, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> what were your? What? How did it feel to come off when it's still one 0 No, of course you want to play, but uh, you want to play, and it's it was more nervous, of course, to to watch it. You have to watch yeah, it yeah. from the from the side. It's more nervous, even more nervous. Yeah. What about when Oli scored? Yeah. 
No, you don't. I don't remember anything. Just <laughs> no, you're just screaming. <laughs> Euphoria. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. Do you remember when Teddy scored? No. <laughs> no, but it, no, but really, I, I just, yeah. just I, when I see the the, the images now, the, the, it's just like, yeah, did I do? Did we run there? <laughs> I, know, yeah. <laughs> I heard uh, you lost your medal in the celebrations. That I remember. Yeah, yeah. running around, and I was feeling like, oh no, the medal is gone. Is it? It, 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 it uh, I lost it from the from the strap. The strapping was still on. Or what do you call it? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, but, yeah, the ribbon. Yeah, yeah. but but the medal was gone, so I had to start walk back in. Did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Around the pit. I think you found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found it. Oh, I took somebody else's. <laughs> <laughs> Did it take long to find it? No, it didn't take that okay. long to. I, I, it wasn't so. I'll tell you what, you've done well finding it. Because any yeah. cameraman following you around. Yeah, yeah anybody. Put yeah. it in the pocket. Yeah. Oh. Straight in there. Yeah. Great celebrations as well. Oh yeah. I will never forget the picture when you are up oh. there with the with the cup. Oh. So good. So yeah. good. Yeah. Because as you say, I mean, I never kicked a ball in the European Cup like yeah, but it was like. Being a fan, you know, sat yeah. on the bench watching you, watching your mates scoring the ninetieth minute, and you just like just act stupid, just go and chase the lads and get back to the bench, thinking maybe it's going to go into injury time or extra time, and then Ellis scores, and then it's just like, and then you see um, Kalina trying to pick them up, but you just knew then obviously they'd gone. Yeah, obviously time had right. run out from anyway, but yeah, well. they were crying. Yeah few of them yeah cool. Lothar Mateus sat on the bench having been subbed off on like the oh, yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, 85th minute or something at 1-0 thinking I remember about Mario Basler in yeah. about the 85th 86th 87th minute getting a corner in the buying end and waving to the fans uh. and all I could think was you arrogant uh. and I thought just please give us one chance uh. give us one chance and I think he because he was struggling with his hamstring I think at the time and he was there waving to the waving to mm. the crowd I thought big Ooh. mistake Big mistake. Big yeah, that, mistake, I mean, yeah. it's very early. We Even scored, 87th is early to do so that. We've got so many late goals. Yeah. yeah. So many late goals through that season. We just never gave up. I think it was Teddy Sheringham, this might be wrong, who said before he came on, he saw them tying the Bayern colours, the ribbons on the trophy. I've heard another story about the general secretary who was Sweden, Lennart Johansson was the yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. UFO yeah. president. And he they were sitting high up in the, in the stands. So... He actually had to start going down in the in the tunnels before the end of the game. Yeah. So when he when he comes down and he he, he go uh, goes out on the pitch and he's going to give the 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 cup to to Bayern because he missed it. No, he missed it. He missed wow. it. Wow, <laughs> that's the story. I'm, I had it confirmed from yeah. the few people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that he was uh, sure they won it. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah that is extraordinary, isn't it? isn't it? Yeah. But sometimes you see now, because they always cut in the final moments, they cut to the engravers. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, and they yeah. show them engraving it whilst yeah. the game is still going. Yeah. Like, if they'd done that, no, no, they would have no. ruined the trophy. Yeah, absolutely. But, absolutely. Well, that would we be hilarious. later on that yeah. evening, though. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? With dints in it and everything in it. Yeah. Who, uh, who, was ha who had it all night? I don't know. No idea. It was just in the air. Yes, very much looking at you. Oh, no, 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 no. We all, we all had I our share. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was just on the table, wasn't it? And yeah. families and friends and everybody yeah, just having the photographs. Yeah, I remember that, that was it. a great evening as well. With yeah. all the all family and yeah, uh, so good, so yeah. good. All right, we are running out of time, so we need to wrap up. So obviously, that was a really incredible night for you, but you wouldn't have known that that would be your last game for United. No, then I would have uh, definitely cried if I would have known that. Yeah, yeah. No, it. Uh, I I felt the other way around almost that I was I was getting ready. Next season was going to be my 
my season really so i was i was working really hard during the summer and i came back stronger than ever and i knew we went to the preseason in in australia and and i was i was playing one game there i scored my it was just yeah, a second did, yeah. Yeah. i scored a, a really lovely goal and i felt really i was ready to take uh, take the next step and really up my 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 level uh, notch or two and what it was a, was it a knee injury it was a knee injury and it just the, the knee started to swell up it wasn't really something that happened it just swelled up swell up, swell up after after the game and and it never really got better. It, uh, I kept on training and trying, but it was just ballooning up after every every session. And and after a couple of weeks, I had my first surgery. And it had no. you not felt it in the '99 season? No, not that. I had other problems. I had, a, but not that. I, not that. So I don't know. Wow, it's crazy, that, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But I had another foot problem that could have, you know. If, that I was maybe running a little bit a unbalanced, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it maybe started in the knee instead than in the end. But so had my had I think I had two operations the first six months after then, and and after that it was just an ongoing constant rehabbing for two years really. Yeah, and uh, oh yeah, that's 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 hard when I think about that uh, that time. Yeah. Be, uh, you know how what there's we nothing, talked about it before. Worse, yes, nothing worse. Absolutely, no. just that be feeling. Excluded from the team, you're not. It, people try to be nice, but you're not. Yeah. You're not part of the team no. anymore when you when you're doing your own rehab. No. Only when we play the floor hockey, <laughs> which you could not get the puck, the, the ball off him. The puck, <laughs> yeah, phenomenal, absolutely, game. brilliant. But in those two years, whilst incredible disappointment on the pitch. You did get your cooking show. <laughs> I didn't remember that. I know something about the sweet, sweet, the the vegetable. Yeah, yeah, that's something <laughs> to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's, was it? Was it? Did the club? I guess MUTV approach you and say, "Join the no, cooking show." No, it was all me. No, 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 it was MUTV. Yeah. yeah, they they tricked me into doing it. Yeah. Was it nice? Was it fun to do? I, I I don't remember that much. To be yeah, Can we see a clip of that as well on the team? No, I don't know. But I uh, maybe I I knew already then. Like, but I still I already don't love my 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 food really. Yeah. Okay. So it we, was a good uh, it was a good thing. Nice. We've already touched that you retired early and you finished your career at thirty one. You went to Everton and then to Charlton and then eventually came back to Sweden. Yeah. No, actually, actually, I was twenty seven when I played my last game. You were twenty seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it, that's crazy. I mean, I had uh, definitely you had so much more to give as yeah, well. You, yeah, if you get to 31, 32, yeah, then you think, well, I've had a yeah. to, to have your career. I mean, you finished at th what 27? 27. But your real. But uh, my last game, but, I played. Yeah. I played for Everton a couple so you'd of games. Probably good said games. 25. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you had little bits after it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but nothing, nothing major. You know, I was injured yeah, all the yeah. time. I never reached uh, the pitch It's extraordinary, again. isn't it? When you when you think about the things you achieved in the world of football, like how many players would swap their careers to have to have your medals? Yeah. But but also how much you didn't get to get from it. Yeah. How that's, much you missed uh, out on? Yeah. yeah, definitely. And and that's that's also my mixed emotions about my when I look back at my career because obviously I can see now exactly what you what you say that yeah a lot of players would would uh, change to have my my. Uh, career or my my uh, what do you say win win all the trophies but on the other hand I, I played my last real competitive game when I was 24 yeah and I had like at least 10 years yeah to, still give. to, to give. give yeah yeah and and that's that's yeah that's mixed emotions for me really yeah 
But if it, if it makes you feel any better, I think from, from my perspective as someone who spent their whole life dreaming of playing for Manchester United, being a part of that enormous history. And I had the, the treble video, like a VHS. And I can remember so much of your career because for so much of my life when I was young, especially if I was ill, straight in, watch that straight in. And it was like three hours long. And there's so much in it. Like the, the first thing that comes to mind is I think of you getting, um, getting the ball and just running with your, with your hands and your sleeves yeah. and just running. So whilst I'm sure it's upsetting, there's still incredible highs in there that, that hopefully still feel good. Yeah. And, and like I say, if I would pick one, one season or one team to, to have it like my, my last season in my career, it would have been the yeah. treble season. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the best way you can finish your career. Absolutely. And uh, now delicious pizzas. And I've got a vegan one on the side. It might be a yeah. bit cold, but I'm going to give it a go. Put it in the oven again. Oh, thanks very much. It's still warm. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yes, but thank you so much. Great having you here, guys. Cheers, Jasper. Thanks a lot. So, there we have it. That was the Jesper Blomquist podcast. We are now in a hotel right next to the airport, sharing a lovely room with Tasker and Sam. Yep. Uh, tomorrow morning, we're flying off again, nice and early. We're heading to another country to do a podcast with another United legend. We will reveal that when it comes out. No spoilers. But I think the one we just did, let's focus on that, was absolutely excellent. One, we stayed afterwards. We had beers, mm-hmm. we had pizza. And honestly, the restaurant was absolutely delicious and it was lovely. It's called 450. If you're ever in Stockholm, look it up. 450 centigrade. 450 centigrade. Would strongly recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Also, what a really nice guy. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, I, I know Jesper and I think yourself, Tasker and Heidi. Obviously, you've never met him before, but I've said all along that the Scandinavian lads are always different class. They really are. So welcoming and um, yeah, good to catch up with him and some fantastic stories. One thing we should talk about, one, is how insanely early his career was ended. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like I guess, sort of semi-heartbreaking for him. It was, considering that, you know, he started off obviously in Sweden, then to Milan and Parma, and then he gets a, the final move to Tall Trafford, his, his dream. You know, to only spend really one year full flight of football, and then, you know, to, as, as he says, you know, I was looking so much forward to coming back and, you know, really making a, a real good effort to become, I would say, Giggs's understudy, but a, a, an integral part of the team. He was, he was a phen- phenomenal player. It really was, not as you say, Sam, it's such a shame that, you know, his career got cut down by injuries. Uh, also, something he told us afterwards that we didn't actually talk about on the podcast is that, so he played in the Champions League final and his next game, his next professional football game was two and a half years later against United at Goodison Park for Everton. That was the first time he got on a football pitch after that. He never would have believed it if you told him that, would you, at the time? No. Uh, God, no. That's just going from the highest point in your career, winning the treble with United, and then next minute you're out of of sync, not even joining in with your, with your teammates. And as you say, some two and a half years is a hell of a long time being injured, particularly after the, the Champions League and that season, because he had a fantastic season. And as, as Jesper said, you know, he's looking so much forward to coming back, having a real good pre-season and hitting the road, you know, running. And uh, it's such a shame. Another thing that came up from it separately was, I guess, his culture shock to moving to English football and everyone just screaming at each other and shouting at each other. And like he described it to him, it being like heartbreaking, that idea of, that's encouragement and it's to toughen you up and it's, I guess, to bond mm-hmm. you. But he's coming from the outside and maybe felt this is crazy. But that's, that's the way the dressing room was. It was brutal. You know, you had to, you had to, I think you had to be a certain type of character to be able to survive in it because it's not an environment where you think you can just walk in there and, and be comfortable because it is full of, full of leaders at the time. You know, when, when you see Keeney or you see Pally or Brucey or whoever it is 
in, in my time, having a go at the players constantly in, in, in training, it must be a real shock to him. And he, and he said that, you know, he found it difficult that Keeney's ripping his head off because he's misplaced a pass. Yeah. But it was the same, whether it was Keeney, Butty, Scolzi, Giggsy, it was that minute detail that you do in training that you take onto the pitch yeah. I eventually. Can't, I can't imagine you found that difficult. I think you would, you probably, you're just quite robust, I think. I think I think had Jesper have been uh, another couple of years, or, or probably the, the season after, he'd have totally understood mm-hmm. the mentality of it, that that fight and that desire to to be successful in training because you take that then onto the pitch and you train. We've always said you have to train the way you play, and if you if you if you lack things in training, then you take them out onto the pitch. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Uh, we did also ask him afterwards who he thought would make a very good guest, and he thought Dwight York would come on and have lots of stories. Yeah. So we'll try and get that to happen. That'd be good. We? Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to go to bed because we've got to get up early to fly to our um, next guest. Um, so we will see you very, very soon. Thank you. Separate rooms. Separate rooms.